Well, hey, everybody. I'm Brian. It's good to see you. If we haven't met yet, if we haven't met online, it's good to see you too. Uh, we're going to talk about an unpleasant situation I caused this morning. Have you ever complete, uh, uh, committed an unpleasant situation in your family? Yeah, well, I did. About two weeks ago, I, I committed a very bad offense, and it just messed up my whole family. I, I went to pick up my oldest son after his last final exam, and we drive over to his high school. We pick him up. We all load up. We're all loaded up in the car, and we're starting on a destination to Austin, Texas, 2,500 miles round trip, over 40 hours of driving, and... Yeah, I created an unpleasant situation. But before I get there, I want to tell you, at first there was a lot of harmony. Things were good. We're driving down. Everybody's happy. Our preferences, they haven't been too violated yet. Driving down the road, five hours, get to Atlanta. We stop at my mom's house. She prepares a delicious meal of steak and mashed potatoes and just everything else you can imagine. And we enjoyed it. We got a good night's rest. We got up the next morning. And here's where things went off the rails. I took the keys. I look at my 16 and a half year old. And I said, it's time to become a man. <laughs> You're going to drive. We're in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and we're going west, young man. So... He gets behind the wheel, and you, you, yes. <laughs> now some of you are wondering, where'd the hair come from? Obviously, that gene did not come from me. And I, it looks like he's up to something, doesn't he? It's a little bit, a little bit, uh, what's going to happen here? So he gets behind the wheel, and I'm thinking, this is a brilliant idea. We've got to initiate the kid. He's, he's going to be taking road trips by himself without me sitting beside him very soon. And so we want to make sure that he's adequately prepared to drive on highways. And it sounded like a good idea. Just for me, it, it was a great idea. And he's going 70 to 80 miles an hour on highway, the highway of death, 285 in Atlanta to, to Interstate 20. And a lot of you already know the problem because in our family of six, the, the seat right behind him, um, my wife was there. And someone said, oh boy. And yeah, she was sitting behind him and it created anxiety and angst. And I might need future therapy um, because of what was transpiring. And, and you, yeah, I'm, we're still married though. So, but, but we're, we're going down the road and, and for the first 306 miles of this trip, he drove. And I don't know why I didn't maybe make him stop sooner, but I got kind of bullheaded and, you know, in the back seat, she's pressing that imaginary brake, you know, and kicking him in the rear end. Uh, but we get to Meridian, Mississippi, and, and I decided I wanted to save my marriage. And so I drove the rest of the way. Um, but the thing that I discovered that happens on road trips, and I, and I knew this already, but, but it really came to mind, was that we have preferences. And when we're with people in our family, those preferences clash. And some of you understand the clash 
of preferences. And I thought, well, what are some of the typical preferences that we bump into on a family road trip? And the first one that I came up was the driver. Some of you are like, yeah, I bet you did. Uh, the driver is a point of contention. How fast they're going, how slow they're going, how they're handling the traffic, the change in speed limit as you go across the country. And, and so the driver can cause a lot of angst in the family. And the second one I came up with was very important. It was the music. And some people want to listen to YouTube for 12 hours and some people don't. And some people want to listen to sports talk radio and some people would rather stab their eyeballs out with their fingernails. And some people like country and some people just like anything but country. And so it goes on and on and on. And our family family of six, people have a lot of different musical preferences. And then we have, of course, the famous temperature. You ever have that problem? <laughs> I, I'm cold. I'm hot. Oh, I need more fan. I need it to turn down. I want to stick my head out the window. It's going to mess up my hair. It's, it's all over the gamut. And then we have the food. Zaxby's, Bojangles, Chick-fil-A. I mean, so many ways to cook chicken. I don't know. I'm so confused. Where are we going to stop? Where we, we argue about it, and it's like, ah, I don't know. I'm just angry now. And then we have cleanliness. Some people decide to treat your car like it's just a trash can. Oh, I have trash. I will throw it on the floor. And you stop, and you say, hey, I, I want you to get all your trash out. And then you get to your destination, and it's like we have a dump and our car. Preferences are classed with, they're messed with, and it can be a problem. Then we have this one. Oh, you're going to love this one. Bathroom stops. Why do you drink a venti Starbucks at the beginning of the trip? <laughs> when you look over and you see your significant other and they're doing this, and they're bending in all kinds of different directions, and they're like, can we stop? And I'm like, give 15 minutes. Bad, bad decision sometimes. And then, and then you get in those places in Alabama. <sighs> Next stop, 20 miles. I got to go. It gets really out of hand. And then last, but, but probably the most important, is smell preferences. <laughs> and sometimes I find myself going down the road going, is that a chicken coop? <laughs> oh, that's got to be a paper mill. <laughs> Teenage boy? There's so many options. Preferences are messed with, and it can be a significant problem. And then I think about Big Stuff Camp. We just heard about Big Stuff Camp. A lot of us did. We, we, were, we heard about it, and it's going to be great. We have 150 middle and high school students and leaders. They're going to get on the bus tonight at 1 a.m., and they're going to drive 14 hours to Panama City Beach, Florida. Within a matter of minutes and seconds of people arriving on the property here in Kernersville, preferences will be clashed with. They're going to get on the bus and it's going to be great for a while, but then it's going to be hot, it's going to be cold, and they're going to stop. And I remember one year when I was leading Impact, because I did, we went to Golden Corral. And they, they, over the loudspeaker, I hear, please do not put the bacon in the chocolate fountain. Please do not put the bacon in the chocolate fountain. <laughs> okay. 
And then you get down there and you find out who you're rooming with. And you're like, that kid, he smells like Axe, Axe body spray. It's just like all over the place. And you go on, on, I'm hot, the food's bad, it's the, it's the same kind of things we talked about. And it's, you ride this roller coaster. Now, don't get me wrong, it's an incredible week. You should go. You should totally, you should totally go. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for Impact. I, I have three kids in Impact right now. Next year, I'm going to have four. It's hard to believe. But I, I'm so thankful for Impact and the investment that those pastors and directors put into it. We, we have Chris Applegate in Kernersville. We have Phil Isley in Oak Ridge. And now in Jamestown, we have Paxton Hammond, who has stepped into our Impact director role. And I couldn't be more thrilled. So thank you so much, guys, for taking our middle and high school students to big stuff. And volunteers, thank you for letting your preferences be messed with. So preferences, they're a real thing. We have to ask ourselves, what do we do with preferences and when they're clashed with and when they're messed with? Because the reality with our preferences is this. Our preferences can wreck our relationships. We all, we all know it when we really think about it. Intuitively, we may not go, oh yeah, my preferences is wrecking my relationships. But our preferences can wreck our relationships. And so us understanding that is very important. And you begin to think about the people you rub shoulders with on a regular basis, whether it be in your home, whether it be at work, whether it be anywhere else you go. Maybe it's your HOA. If you've ever heard of Next Door, that can get kind of rough. It's a social media site. And if you haven't heard of Next Door, consider yourself blessed. But it's a social media site for, for homeowners associations. And, and what can happen on there can just be brutal. And then the neighborhood pool. The neighborhood pool can be such a source of excitement when it comes, but then it becomes such a source of contention with the people who break the rules and keep the rules and the people who keep the rules they want to keep, but break the rules they don't want to, they don't want to uphold. And, it, and it's like the, all these clashes of preferences and they begin to wreck relationships. And typically we respond in one of two ways. The first one is that we typically we fight. We name call, we argue, we try to get our way, we try to impose our will. And what I've found is that there's some things in life worth fighting for, but oftentimes when it comes to our preferences and how they're wrecking our relationships, we fight in a negative way that don't lead us toward having either a compromise or a win-win situation. They lead toward tearing other people down. And the dominant personality usually puts her fist down and they win. Not an idle situation. Or we go to the other place. We flee. We, we go inward. We take the angst and we just swallow it, like swallowing a grenade, and it blows up on the inside. And we think, hey, it'll just be okay. I'm just going to power through it. But it never just really goes away, and it just sits with us, and it eats us away, and we, we leak out on other people. And so we have these, these two, we fight, we flee. And I just think maybe there's a better way and a better response to have better relationships. And when I, when I read the Bible and I read some incredible truths that are contained um, by the letters written by Paul, I see some amazing stuff that can help us with all the relationships we have and to have a better response. And today we're going to be looking at a letter written by a guy named Paul to a group of people uh, in the city of Rome. And the letter is called Romans. 
And Paul wrote more books of the New Testament than anyone else. And he writes some incredible things about how we can have better relationships and better responses when it comes to dealing with the clash of preferences. So we're going to give you a couple of foundational verses here in Romans eleven thirty six. I like this a lot because this gives us kind of a foundation for where we're going to go with this whole idea of one another today. But in Romans eleven thirty six, he writes this: "For everything comes from Him. Everything comes from Him, God, and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Amen." Now. The thing I like about this is the word everything. And I went and I did some intensive study. I said, you know, the, 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 old, or the New Testament was written in Greek, mostly written in Greek. So I want to I see what the Greek language conveys here because oftentimes our English language doesn't capture all the emotion and the depth that the Greek language does. So I went and I studied the word everything. And guess what I discovered everything means? Everything. I was like, wow, everything in this context means everything, nothing more, nothing less. And I started thinking about this in terms of our relationships with one another and that we could literally go for our relationships come from him and they exist by his power and they are intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. And the foundational truth here is that we were made by God for God. We were made by God for God. That's foundational when it comes to how we interact with one another and how we have better relationships with better responses. And then there was another couple of verses here in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. And he writes this, Just as our bodies have many parts... And each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. Now, I love this because as the church, we all have specific gifts and we have talent. And when we come together, they blend into a beautiful array, a beautiful picture of what God intended when he created us. And I went and I thought, I want to I know more about this all because this idea of we all belong to each other, that's a pretty strong statement. So I studied the word all in the original language, the Greek language. And I'm like, what, what's going to be the deeper meaning here? And guess what I discovered all means? All means all. So we're made by God for God. And in this case, we all belong to each other. And it kind of builds to where we're going to get today. We all, we all were made by God for God and we all belong to each other. And it leads us into this verse in Romans 12, 16, which is this. So because of those two statements, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. And I want to break this down beginning with live in harmony with each other. When I think of harmony, I think of music. Now, harmony means to live in accord or to be in agreement. But I think of music. And I think of the music I like, like Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, it starts off and you got that, that, that single voice and they all come together. 
and it builds into this like just crazy uh, melody, harmony, blending of voices that are pleasing to the ear. And it just, I, the first time I heard the song and every time I hear it now, it's just like, wow, these people made incredible music. And see, we know harmony when we hear it, whether it's good or whether it's bad. You ever hear a bad gospel quartet? It's like, Ugh, somebody kill me now. Um, sorry, I, there's some great gospel quartets out there, but I've been in situations where I'm like, what is happening? Please help me. <laughs> Live in harmony. So harmony is the first part of this. And this whole idea of living in harmony is, is captured with these two mindsets that, that Paul writes about. And I want to go to the second one right here, the, this first mindset right here. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Now, this past Thursday, we had the NBA draft. And a lot of you are like, I could care less about the NBA draft. But we did see a lot of ACC basketball players get selected, which is pretty, really cool. Uh, but only 60 guys of all the college basketball or, or the people that play overseas, only 60 guys get drafted total. Now think about that in terms of the entire world. We live in a, in a world that has seven, more than 7 billion people. 60 guys get selected. Those 60 guys are battling for 360 spots. It's not very good odds that you're going to be able to play in the NBA, right? I mean, if Chris Applegate can't play in the NBA, <laughs> what chances do most of us have? Come on. 60 guys. And what they do is they rank them according to who's good, who's not, who can make it, who can't, who can play, who can't. And, and it's, it's not just enough just to be tall or, or to or have a good jump shot. You've got to be the best of the best. You've got to be the elite. And this is what happens in our relationships with other people. We oftentimes rank them according to how they look, according to what talents they have, and we decide whether they're in or whether they're out. You, you're, you're really not good enough for me. You're not good enough to be in my circle. Your status is too low. You're ordinary. And we don't maybe say that overtly, but we, we, we communicate that to other people or other people communicate to us. I mean, how many times have you felt like someone is looking down on you? And what Paul is writing is, if we want to live in harmony with one another, we need to have an accepting spirit of people not viewing anyone as ordinary because all people were made by God, made in his image, by the creator of the universe, so they're not ordinary. No one is ordinary, but we often rank people as ordinary. But we're made by God and for God, and we belong to each other. And so he says, hey, don't rank people. Have an accepting spirit, regardless of whether you agree with somebody, because you can, you can have an accepting spirit and not agree with somebody. It happens all the time, if you think about it, because if you're married or if you're dating somebody or if you have kids, you disagree with them all the time. Just take a road trip. But do you accept them? Absolutely. Acceptance paves the way to harmony. And then we have the, sec the second part, or the, I'm sorry, the, the third part of this, and the second mindset. And don't think you know it all. Now, if I were to do a poll, and I were to say, how many people that are part of the Summit Church like mosquitoes? I think I would get zero. You know, bats like mosquitoes because they're food. But, but human beings don't. 
because they bite us. I mean, anything that bites you is bad. And then they put bumps on your skin that then they, they make you want to do this, scratch your body because they itch. And so a lot of you will be investing in something called off or you already have this summer. Some of you moms, you're like, come here, honey. Let me, let me get you covered. It's like, Psh. I remember being a kid. My mom was spraying my eyeballs. And I'm like, oh, I can't see anymore. But anyway, I was protected from the mosquitoes. Even though I lost some vision, I'm, I wasn't going to get bitten. And so it's like, uh, I'm protected. Nothing can bite me right now. But a lot of you, you put on mosquito repellent because you don't want the mosquitoes to bite you. And people who think they know it all, you're like people repellent. A person who's a know-it-all is repellent to people. You think about the people you're attracted to. When you bump into know-it-alls, what's your natural tendency? <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. And what Paul is communicating is in order to live in harmony with one another, we need to have an accepting spirit and a teachable spirit. Here's the beautiful thing about being teachable. Being teachable makes you approachable. Being teachable keeps you relevant, no matter how old you are. Being teachable means that you can still learn something and people then want to be around you. And if you're being honest, you, you, you want to, you know, let's say you're a little further along in years, and you want to you learn something, go talk to a teenager about Snapchat. You may find out more than you want to know. Snapchat. But, but here's the thing. You can learn something new every day. You can stay relevant. And your voice can still matter as you grow into your older years. Two, two mindsets Paul's talking about. Accept and learn. Accept and learn. Hey, be, being accepting, being teachable. So how do we put that into action? And one thing we've talked about throughout this series is this question, what does love require of me? And when it comes to living in harmony with one another, what does love require of me? I, I would really land with those two ideas of being accepting and being teachable. But I, I felt like I needed to come up with a phrase that maybe helps us a little bit more when it comes to our clashing of preferences. Because we naturally want to put our preferences over people. But what would happen if we begin to take the mindset of, I'm going to put people over my preferences, or in other words, choose people over your preferences. It could change everything. It could change your relationships. Better relationships, better responses. And I think about a couple of ways this plays out in the summit environments every week. I'm going to speak to four of them. Not all of them. Somebody will feel left out. I'm sorry. But I'm going to speak to four of them because I see it happen all the time. I see peak volunteers that change dirty diapers. <sighs> People over preference. They care enough about that child to say, hey, God made you. God loves you. Jesus wants to be your friend forever. I'll change that dirty diaper to help that kid have that foundation. That's powerful. Or those people who say, I'm going to serve with impact in our ministry to middle school and high school students. It's important to me. I'm about to have four kids in that ministry. 
have an 11-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 16-year-old. What the, the, the mentors and the small group leaders say in the lives of my kids matter so much. There are times where they don't want to hear what I say. They're like, but when that small group leader speaks up, they tune in. Never in my life has it mattered so much what a small group leader does in the life of my kid. And I'm so thankful that the summit provides an environment for that to happen. And I'm thankful that those leaders are willing to take the time to deal with the drama that comes with middle and high school. And if you, you are in middle and high school, or if you have a middle and high schooler in your home, or your brother or sister to a middle or high schooler, you know drama. It's very real. People over preference. Thank you, Impact Volunteers. Or maybe you're part of our production team and you're shooting video and you're running sound and you're running lights and you're running the screens and you're showing up at six and seven o'clock on Sunday mornings, making sure everything is right. And then you stay late, making sure everything is right for, for what has happened here today and it's cleaned up and what's gonna happen with our online audience and the on-demand viewing through the week. You choose people over preference. We appreciate it. And then I want to speak to our portable locations in Jamestown, in Oak Ridge. Every week, there are a group of you, an army, that get up. You may not even get breakfast, not at least when you first wake up. And you get up and you set up portable environments. You set up an auditorium and a peak space and a kid summit space and guest services and you set up signs and, and, you, and you cook a breakfast that eventually they'll get to eat and you make coffee. Yes, they have coffee. And you put all that time and effort into it and you give up your energy because you believe that people are more important than your preferences. We say thank you. And I was thinking about this whole concept of people over preferences and living in harmony with one another. And I thought about my nephew, Eli. Eli is in fourth grade. He lives out in Texas. We just got to see him on our road trip that, whew, was tough. Eli's an amazing kid. This past fall, he, he was going to school, things were going good, but he started noticing a trend. There's a young man in his class named Patrick, and, and Patrick was being picked on. People were, were calling him names. They were provoking him to anger, and then Patrick would lash out. He'd hit him back. Patrick would get in trouble, and then all the kids would be making fun of Patrick. And Eli, as a fourth grader, is going, what do I do with this situation? And one day he said, no more. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my foot down. I'm going to say something. And Eli said, y'all leave him alone. And guess what happened? All the, the angst, the irritation that had been directed toward Patrick, it moved to Eli. And they began calling him names and they began hitting him and messing with him. And finally, Eli said, that's enough. Our school has to stop the bullying campaign and, and, and this shouldn't be. And, and People are turning their heads the other way. And so he went home to his mom and said, Mom, I want to do something about this. This isn't right. And so he wrote an email to the principal. 
And I read the email, and it was incredible. And he's writing this email just saying, hey, this is the situation, and we have the Stop the Bullying campaign. What can you do about it? And the principal was so impressed, she called him into the office the next day. I said, Eli, tell me what's happening. And Eli says, well, kids go up to Patrick, and they hit him, and they call him names, and, and, and they, they bully him, and then he retaliates, and then he gets in trouble, and then I've stood up for him, and then it's happened to me. It's like, what are you going to do about it? We need your help. You're the adults. And so they intervened and they did what they could do. But I thought, what a loud, resounding yell of people over preference. What would motivate a fourth grade kid to subject himself to that kind of ire and attention? other than the power of God working through him by choosing people over preference, people over his comfort. And, and here's the thing that, that, that ended up happening. Patrick's mom reached out to Eli's mom and said, hey, I want you to know that Patrick is so doing so much better because he has a friend now. Eli's been that friend for him. And they invited Patrick and his family to come to church, and they did. And it's begun to make a difference in their lives because of the courage of a fourth grader saying, I'm going to choose people over a preference. So the question we have to ask ourselves today is what are we doing with our preferences and, and, and then the, beyond that, how could us choosing people over our preference make a difference in our church? For some of you, that's taking that next step of saying, okay, I've been sitting back and just kind of taking everything in, but I'm going to take that next step of attending a location, or I'm going to take that next step of saying, hey, I'm going to actually serve, and I'm going to put people over my preferences, or I'm going to take that next step of being part of a group, even though it may be uncomfortable for me. I'm going to take that next step, but it could be something beyond that. It could just be in your home. I'm going to really try to establish harmony in my home because I'm going to choose people over preference and I, because I understand that people were made by God for God and we all belong to each other in my home. How about your workplace? How could it be different? How about that dating relationship? Our world could change if we chose to live in harmony with one another by having a teachable spirit, an accepting spirit, by ultimately choosing people over preference. So what are you going to do? Let me pray for you. God, we thank you so much that Jesus, that Jesus didn't choose his preferences over us, we thank you that Jesus went to the cross and gave his life so that we might have a relationship with God. I pray this morning that we would, as a church, the Summit Church, that we would take our next steps in receiving your love and sharing your love by choosing people over preference. And I pray as we sing these next two songs that our 
our, our, our words to you and our hearts directed toward you would push us toward whatever that next step is. God, thank you for being amazing and being here with us and for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.